This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your hosts are Douglas Carr, Harrison Painter, and Jen Lee Sack. This is Doug Carr with the Marketing Tech Blog and another in our interview series. I have across from me a good friend, Don Wetrick, who has been on the show before right? That's like five years ago. It is. Yeah. It's a, that's like five studios ago. <laughs> it's this impressive place you have now. Thank I'm you. not going to lie. I was taken aback by it. One, just let's go with, we'll start with the decor. It's beautiful in here. This is great to talk about visuals on a podcast, by the way. I know. Yeah. So, well, we will have cameras in here. That's, that is a plan eventually. That's not a good the, idea for the, me. The technology hasn't really caught up yet. <laughs> But well, it's getting there. Well, again, though, let's talk about the studio and all your and microphones and everything else. Anyway, yes, it's been five years ago, and you weren't doing your own technology then. This was when it was being outsourced, That's and you right. were going to a separate studio. And I dare say these your set, your setup now is maybe nicer than the said radio station. Well, I, I think the radio station is built, you know, for broadcast, and and so they they have twenty thirty years of you know concrete and wood that framed how they were doing things and so they don't have you know we saw everything that they couldn't do and said hey why don't we build it this way so that's the big difference plus now i don't feel like coming in and saying what's your favorite music station (laughs) hey this is doug we've got the ninth color coming right up (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yeah and and i but I, i will tell you that it's the drive for clarity like that's that's the I think for every podcaster that starts, yeah, as they listen to their voice and as they listen to their recordings, they just keep going like, I don't think that's clear. There's a little <laughs> bit of fuzz on it. I, I <laughs> doubt if I will ever be that much of a perfectionist. And yeah, like you'll see behind you, there's actually wireless headsets. And we we went through two sets of wireless headsets and then went back to wired. And it's because the wire, the wireless had a hiss to them. That drives you nuts. Well, it does because, uh, you know, people that aren't tech savvy would sit there and go, oh, there's a there's a there's a buzz in my headset, you know. And, right. and so you're like, well, that's not getting recorded, but right. um, they don't get it No. Anyways, um, Don has been a longtime friend as well. Uh, my daughter's favorite middle school teacher. Wow. And now she's like <laughs> graduating college. Actually, she's I think the like almost the age now as I was then when I had her so it's wow. been, I know that time's gone by quick that is incredible yeah been a teacher for and that's matter of fact is my favorite quote from shameless plug from a book uh, <laughs> do it that's almost my 20th year and that, that my my favorite quote from the book um I was in education or I'm sorry I was not in education when I graduated from college and my mom and dad spent every penny um on my ed uh, in college and so when I told them I was going to go back and be a teacher I wasn't looking for money but I thought he was going to say like don't do it or whatever but I remember him saying he's like you know Donnie I don't care if you go back and be a teacher he says but you know I don't care if you teach for the next 20 years just promise me you won't teach one year 20 times Oh, nice. and that made no sense to me until my second year teaching and I was like oh I get it because there was some really this is probably not making it popular for me to say. There's some really crummy teachers. Well, I mean, uh, there's, there's no doubt. I, I think there's, it's an interesting thing just being on the student side because I was never a, a teacher. I could never uh, pass the background test. Um, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but on the student side, there was always that one teacher that just impacted your life. You know, changed your life. Yeah. But that was one out of. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was it's... one out of a hundred or whatever. You know, so I think there's always those teachers that strive to be that one person, and they see that that you know that piece of coal in a kid that they could shape into a diamond, and they take an extra interest. I, both my kids had it. Well, and it's funny because even I remember you telling me the story about um, the parochial school that you ended up having to go to having and, his, to go and, to, and yes. him putting you in charge of the uh, bookstore. Yes. One of my favorite stories. Yep. So, uh, no, I mean, I try to I definitely try to be, quote unquote, that teacher. And I like what I know. I love what I do. But I also realized what my dad was talking about when I saw some educators, you know, they didn't like their job. Right. And they were te- they had. They, they were teaching the first year. They may have been in their 15th or 20th year, but it didn't matter. They were doing it the same way. And, you know, 
I, I, it, it's hard for me to, to like watch the kids struggle because they're like, well, kids, they don't like school. I'm like, well, you don't like it. Right. You don't, you don't, the way you're treating your own class, you don't like it. Yeah. Um, so we wanted to make some differences and some changes and gosh, I've gone through three different evolutions of my career and, and, um, you know, now I'm a wacky, uh, innovation teacher. So. And let, let's talk about that. So you mentioned your book, go ahead and get that out there for everybody. Sure. So the book is pure genius, creating a culture of collaboration, available on Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Um, so I got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, I was watching a TED talk. I got an email actually from a friend of mine. It said, watch this. And it was a TED talk link. And it was Daniel Pink's uh, famous, you know, the puzzle of motivation. And so he was going in there talking about what motivates people. And it wasn't money. It was freedom, mastery, autonomy. Right. Yep. So I'm watching that and I'm like, okay, so instead of currency in, in school, that currency is called grades. And if the money is not important, that must mean grades aren't as important um, in theory. Yeah. And so I thought, well, why not here? You know, why not education? And there wasn't a 20% time yet in, in school and you know, this term they call genius hour. And this is, I mean, this is, I mean, we were on the bleeding edge early. And so I started it and it was the worst thing that ever happened um, because I realized that when you ask students, what do you want to learn? Now it's fun for them to talk about it. Right. Just like, you know, everybody, I mean, heck, you're an entrepreneur. You know what I'd do if I started a business? Okay, yeah. bro, start a business. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how that works for you. And the same thing is that I'm like, okay, you know, we, we tried to this 20, started this 20% time thing in my then freshman English class. And at first they said it was going to be great. They were going to work on the things they always wanted to work on. And then the week later, I'm like, okay, what are you going to work on? Well, what do you want me to work on? Yeah. What, what do you mean? You told me you're going to, well, I know, but what am I going to do to get an A? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, well, this isn't about the grade. Well, still though, what did I do to get an A? <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> um, so uh, that being said, it, it, it was kind of funny that as soon as I kind of wanted to give up on it, I realized that the 20% time, quote unquote model, the, the, was only working for 20% of my students. And those kids were the, I'm going to use air quotes, bad kids. Hmm. So the kids that didn't really care about their grade to begin with, they were like, this is awesome. Yeah. They're like, no, seriously, you're going to tell me that I can learn more about, you know, building a really cool Minecraft village. Absolutely. Yeah. Seriously. Like, yeah. Um, and you won't get mad if it totally sucks. No, I'll actually kind of expect to it to suck because it's your first try. Those kids bought in faster. The kid that had the 4.2 GPA, there was no risk taking. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't even blame them. I blame the university systems because if that kid who is on the AP track, right, if he takes some sort of risk, he might get it, God forbid, an A minus, and right. now Stanford won't look at him. Sure. So I get a little bit chippy in the sense that we've we've built this thing, and now the now we're we're getting you know we reap what you sow kind of thing. We we've told students to you know sit down, shut up learn this and they're not thinking for themselves they're but they're playing the game yeah so they're like look you said you want me to get an a i'll get an a i won't actually think about it right and 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 that idea is just silly that you have to have you know that the first attempt you can do something that you can get an a right it's comical right but you know there's no room for a, a b and, yeah. and so you know i i, I kind of set a um well, then as the story goes, it didn't turn out that well, but I wanted, I still stubborn enough to like say, okay, if it worked for those, again, using my quote, bad kids, maybe I got to get an entire class. And I asked my principal and he said no. And I pretended that he said yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just went ahead and started, you know, and I started getting some, um, uh, well, I was dumb enough. I didn't know Daniel Pink had written a book. This is how dumb, this is how early it was. And I was like, hey, I should just give this guy a call and maybe he can, you know, and he did. Yeah, but it's not dumb. It was, again, you were within the bubble of education, right? Right, right, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, that, that, that started my matrix of taking the glasses off and starting to realize that there's people out there like, you know, Seth Godin and Dan and, and Tim Ferriss, although I didn't know Tim Ferriss. Anyway, um, so long story made short, um, they Dan got back with me and Skyped with me and then I, I secured a couple of university endorsements and then 
I, I again asked the, the administration and shockingly they were like, Hey, you know what? This was a great deal the yeah. whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then they let me try it. And, and it was still that first year was, dude, it was embarrassing. Yeah. As a matter of fact, who, who's the guy that had the famous quote, if you don't look back at your first attempt at a business and you're not embarrassed, you, did, you waited too long. Absolutely. And so it was, I, I still feel bad. It was bad and they didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know but what I was doing. you shouldn't feel bad. That's, that is the right. very key to entrepreneurialism, right? Well, except I feel bad in the sense that those kids that were on my first couple of years, they're looking at what we're doing now and they're like, dude, what the heck? Maybe, you know, but <laughs> at least you expose them to a different way of thinking that they, they weren't going to get. I mean, you knew what they were going to get the other way right that's true so yeah that's true I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping they enjoy the experience you know it now now katie my daughter is graduating college next semester my son is graduating with his phd the same day i have no idea how i'm gonna i was just gonna up. say and you you yeah. had this offspring i know you, i know i know it's i know i tell people it was all the drugs that i did back then <laughs> something, something went weird something happened <laughs> right uh, but but uh the amazing thing to me, and this is my, you know, bitch session is Katie's coming out of school right now. My son's coming out of school right now. Katie's taken an entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurism class mm -hmm. in, I won't mention the university. Mm -hmm. It's very close to here, mm -hmm. downtown Indian. I understand. <laughs> and um, my daughter still doesn't know what cash flow means. <sighs> My daughter still doesn't know what venture capital, um, she still doesn't know what payroll, what business taxes, employment taxes, you know, and, and that's the amazing thing is in my son, my son loved accounting class back in, you know, high school and everything else and yeah. took an accounting and class and they're, you know, they're sitting there walking through P and L statements, you know, what entrepreneur has a P and L statement in his first year, you know, usually they're illegal and trying to figure out how to you know, do right, their taxes right. and everything yeah. else. And so the, the amazing thing to me is that even, even at a, a scholastic level of, of college with entrepreneurialism, we're still teaching them how a company works, yeah. not how a startup works, mm. which is the, which is, you know, uh, how a startup works is scrappy. A startup, you know, that's why we're at the speakeasy is we have a number of startup um, companies right here. They're asking us for help and yeah. we're giving them help. Yeah. Not pay for money, not trade. You know, we're sitting there helping them every day, giving them guidance, giving them, you know, because we knew what it was like back then. And we had friends that took the time out to share with us. And I think a lot of people look at entrepreneurs, like they look at, I'm going to start a company and they think, oh my God. So the school way is, what is it? Go apply for a small business loan. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Get an office space, get yourself an accountant, get yourself an attorney. When the reality is you don't do any of those things. Yeah. Typically. Yeah. You know? And so I'm still miffed by the system. You know, I still say that, you know, they still don't realize how it actually works. And it's unfortunate because you go back a century and 99% of the United States was, were entrepreneurs, you know, now it's, you know, 0.000001% and we're in trouble well, if we don't, if we don't start curating this behavior it's back, like, back into our children. Cause I don't like the other thing where people say, well, not everybody's built to be an entrepreneur. Well, that's BS. Yeah. At one time, everybody was an entrepreneur. Right. Well, I, it's interesting you point that out. Um, because it seems like the shark tankitization of things and people all of a sudden it's my gosh, I, had, I hate to use it cause I use this word too often, but innovation and entrepreneurship are the buzziest buzz that ever buzzed yeah. buzzwords. But I keep reading articles that were at all time lows for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So once again, it's that it's cool to talk about it. Well, the, I gotta tell you the amazing thing about shark tank is the very name is the epitome of the show. I hate the show. Yeah. Because the show is get a little fish yeah. uh, with a broken, you know, flipper to go in in front of a shark yeah. and tell them your incredible idea that you could possibly have taken the market and gotten the money and 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 
funded and got friends and family to fund and everything else. Instead, you're going to bring it to the shark that now he owns, you know, yeah. 60%, 70% well, of your business. I see both sides on how people are trying to play them and, and they get people on the show that have no intentions of closing a deal, but yeah. there's far too many people. And say, I got a show idea for you. You get Eric Reese on this and you call it lean fish. And then you have some like really nice people that know how to do lean startup kind of thing. And then they'll get you a micro grant and then you bootstrap it and you work your ass off. Yeah. How about that? Well, the, I, I've been saying tomorrow. that forever. I've, I've been saying that, you know, it's so much easier. Like it, it seems top. It seems like the system is, is upside down and this isn't a complaint. I, I love the roller coaster that we're on seven years in and I still feel like it's a startup. But, but we've never taken funding. We've never gone that route. We've never done anything. We've bootstrapped everything. And yeah. so it makes you really proud of what you've achieved and you, you own 100% of it, which is incredible. Um, but the amazing thing to me is the hardest part for us was getting employee number two. Yeah. Right? Outside of ourselves. That was the hardest part. Then employee number three was easy. Four, five, you know. And, and so the, the interesting thing to me is that what the system basically is built for is when you're going to go from 30 to 200 <laughs> and the, the hardest part is going from one to two, you know, yeah. and there's no system in place to help people say, you know what, let's get a lean startup grant for you to go hire your first employee. Yeah. You know, let's suspend their taxes for employment taxes for a year or two years or whatever so that you can get someone on board because once you get that first person on board you just shed half of the crap that you're bad at and got somebody else to do it so circling back to what you're talking about with your daughter right now a they're not having these discussions in class right. like this stuff right here and b one of the most comforting things i think i've heard and I was, it may have been a ted talk i forget but basically no one knows what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. Bo the most successful people were the ones that they didn't know what they're doing and they still figured it out. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of XPRIZE um, yeah. on, on what Diamandas and, and, and uh, Jane are doing. And like all the people that win are, I'm, I'm using the word novices in the nice sense, but they're all people that dabble, but because they don't know what they're doing, they figure it out. What was it the oil pickup one? Yeah. They had people that were totally outside that industry that won. Yeah. No, it's amazing. Yeah. And, 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 um, not that I want to bang on, on the, on the university system, but how much, how many classes do you have to take before then you can take an internship? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're two, you're at least two years in Yeah. and then, and then you can start. And I, and I know some university, you know, I'm, I know you might get some calls or some angry emails and that's say you're going to be taking them, <laughs> but, um, you know, bring, and it, bring them on. Well, and, I, and, and, I'm, and I'm happy. There are some universities are doing a little bit differently, but uh, getting them to work with outside resources, getting them out to, to, to find partnerships, expanding that personal learning network. That's the biggest complaint I have is when uh, the one advantage about being a teacher is that we know everybody. Yeah. If you teach long enough, you, you know, at least in your town, you know a lot of people. And so when I hear people go and they complain about what's well, not what you know, it's who you know. And, you know, everybody. And, and, and they act like that's a problem. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Then let's start knowing people. Yes. Yeah. It, it's, it's that simple. So when people are like, well, in, the, in our society, it's not what you know, too, you know, fine. Then it should be my priority. One of my top priorities is to get my students introduced to totally badass people. Problem solved. It's every business. Every business, your money is your network. Yeah. Every business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. No, it's... Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you, too. Here's the flip side. So, why... So, I didn't graduate college. So, why did I... Why did I really push my kids to go through college? Um, one was so that they could afford a really good retirement home for me. But... Well, that's, that's <laughs> well played. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't blame you. <laughs> there was really two reasons. The, the first one was long-term goal... Mm -hmm. um, I really feel like that's missing. In, in fact, a lot of the stuff that I'm watching on on um, behavioral issues in the workplace between senior management and millennials has to do with long and short-term goals, like uh, an employee wanting satisfaction after a month. Well, I've been working here a month. Why, why aren't I? 
why aren't I getting, you know, my, yeah. my A, right? Right. And, and so I think college is one of those things that because it's such a uh, grind for four years, you know, six years, eight years to get that degree, I really think that it does a great job of getting these kids to to understand the the aspect of a long-term goal the second that i'll say is it it's an insurance policy is it a huge one no it's funny you say that no but it is a little one and that's that you know once my kids graduate their their opportunity you know their their risk of being or the risk of their entire family tree right going to crap is a lot less. It's. Uh, I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Um, so an actually, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, possibly. So my oldest. So I've got a, a soon to be 16 year old, a 12 year old, and a seven year old. And um, God bless you. Yeah. So my 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 soon to be 16 year old has. She almost got a B once. She's one of those students, but she also doesn't know if she wants to go to college or not. But that's okay. And, and well, that's my point. Yeah. And so she'll get scholarships. And, yeah. and actually, she's a darn good swimmer, and she might get swimming scholarships. She might turn it all down. Yeah. And and it's funny because she believes in her dad's rhetoric. You know, I, I've got one of my former students who's starting a school actually with me in Ghana. She's like, at minimum, I'm thinking about is going out there for a year and helping out in school. That's awesome. Well, and then she totally <laughs> painted me in a corner. We, not that I'm name dropping, but we, in class the other day, we got to interview Tim Ferriss for like an hour and a half. Nice. Yeah. And so Ava is like, you, I want to ask a question. You took like two thirds of his week. <laughs> that Sorry. Is, that is such a, you did the math in your head too. That's even more. And I'm like, damn. That was really good. <laughs> Sorry. Poor. That was really good. So um, Ava's like, I want to ask him a question. And plus, she just wanted to brag to her friends that, you know, I got to I got to talk to him. Ferris, sure. Which is funny because the kids are like, who's Tim Ferriss? Um, but she says, hey, uh, I'm thinking about taking at least a one-year gap year. What sayest thou? And, of course, she knew what he was going to say. She yep. read his stuff. And he says, you know, I can't tell you emphatically yes enough and make sure it's a country that's not, you know, France or England. You know, get yeah. you stretch yourself, right. get out of your comfort zone. And of course she looks over at me and she smiles and she's like, ha ha, I'm building a better case. I'm not going to college. And again, I'm okay with that, but I do understand that sheriff's yeah. policy. Sure. Um, but here's the thing, as I had some students that have went to fantastically high end colleges and they have fantastically high end debt Yeah. Yeah. and no real. Sure. They're like, well, the alumni associate, there's still a ton of alumni. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're like just racking it up on the debt and okay so was an insurance policy or was an exercise in debt yeah so I yeah. no no I hear you yeah, it's, it's tough you, you know I I think with with uh, the pressure that I saw with Katie was my son knew he knew math he loved math that was the direction that he was going yeah. so there was no no question in his head with Katie her problem was she kept coming home you know literally crying that all these kids knew what they were going to do and she didn't know what she was going to do feel her on that and i and i would tell her every single day i would look at her and i would say i started my business when i was 40 katie yeah no i (laughs) I was like that's when i figured out what i want to do and the nuances of figuring it out were still messy okay that that right there that right there so if you know that you want to be in medicine you got to go to college yeah Technically, you don't have to go to law school to be a lawyer, but if you know that you want to do law, you got it set out. If you're kind of a, I like a lot of things, and I'm a generalist. Yeah, you're. It's tough. Yeah, because and, and, and this is the reason why I have the class that I have. Okay, so to back up, my class is called uh, you know innovation and open source learning, and it is just that we learn innovative things and we open source it. The teacher is me for maybe the first six seven weeks, and then I project manage a lot of things there on out. The reason why I do that is a lot of times to discover what they don't like. Right. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard a kid or student say, hey, Mr. Wetrick, I'm going to be a coder. My dad said there's really good jobs in coding. I'm going to be a coder. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And then like two months into it, no, two weeks into it, and they're like, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks bad. This is, this is like math all over I again. know. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> I have made a huge mistake. Okay, Awesome. I may have saved you $40,000. Right. Right. You'd have taken some theory classes. You'd have taken some. And, 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 and 
And because they got to do it, I'm cool with them realizing what they don't like. Well, and that's, and that was, but even, I would say, even as an entrepreneur, that's what you do. The last seven years, I, I joke with people like seven years into it now, Jen and I both have coaches, multiple coaches, right? We have speaking coaches. We have, um, you know, we have business coaches. We have sales coaches. We have, you know, of course, tax accountants. We have, you know, payroll clerks. We have everybody to do everything that we're bad at, right? That's what we've surrounded ourselves with. But it took seven years and picking up the crumbs of, man, I really suck at that. I got to get that off my plate so that I can do what I'm great at. Yeah, I'm, I'm and so and each time that. was a direction yeah. shift, right? Each time was a little shift, a little shift, a little shift. And it's like continuous improvement and optimization, you know, over time. Well, and it, <laughs> I think the, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to put your, myself in your shoes, admitting that you have to spend money on something that you feel bad that you're not good at. Have to. I, I know. I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting there. So I'm now in kind of a similar position. I'm in month two of yep. my journey and you're in year seven. And just being able to admit some things that your shortcomings and coming from a guy's five, eight. Um, <laughs> so uh, it is, it's one of those it's things. my that, waist size. So there we go. But no, I just, I, 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 I admire the fact that you're like, okay, here's an identified thing that we're not good at and we need to find the experts. And, and my gosh, that's exactly what I preach in my class. I don't want you to learn from me. I want you to learn some things, maybe at the beginning of the year, but if somebody's like, hey, I want to, I don't know, uh, start a foundation, great. I've got some awesome lawyers that I know. Right. Or I, you know, um, we had a, a program not too long ago where a girl had watched 60 Minutes and it was on the Fresh Bucks program of Detroit. And so basically what it was is they had a coordinator find the people that are on food stamps and then they worked with the local farmer's market to get basically almost a, a, a match to get oh, their nice. to get their food stamps, where they call SNAP benefits yeah. now, to get their SNAP benefits applied to the farmers market, and she's like, "Okay, why not here? I need to do that." And I'm like, "I don't know what how to do that." Yeah. <laughs> but she's like, "Okay, so I got it." And so I, you know, she made some introductions, and she started working with the, basically the farmers market of you know we we're in Noblesville. Yep. And then she started working with a couple city people, and then she started working with a couple people that worked in the SNAP benefit area. And at age 17, she ended up turning 18 during the project. At age 17, 18, she ended up being the SNAP benefit coordinator for the local farmer's market, stimulating the economy and, and get this, getting people of poverty to eat healthier. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. And, and then and then she goes off to college. She tells them all this and she's like, hey, I started it. And they're like, you know what? In maybe two and a half years, you can do that in your internship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you too can do something you were doing three years ago. Yeah. So, um, and again, not that I'm bashing. I'm not bashing. So if you're going to take some hate mail, I'm not bashing all university. Well, it's but, all, it's we all in the attitude of it, right? It's, yes. It's all in the attitude. The other part, the other part with university is especially... Jen and I see this with marketing people is marketing is years behind, you know, because, because of the time that it takes to develop and test our curriculum, they're yeah. already behind because the channels are moving so fast that there's no way to keep up with that. Yeah. And so now the great thing is, is you still see like Jen's a Butler grad out of Butler. You see this incredible core knowledge of, you know, communication and behavior and everything else that, when applied to any medium, you know, you can win at it. But there are some university programs that are literally out there going, uh, we're going to teach you how to, I'll, I'll give you a perfect one. HTML class. What? My God. Please, if there's an administrator listening within earshot, close it down, shut it. Don't ever open it again. And it's because one, they teach HTML 1.0 or 2.0 and we're at four and you know, five and CSS three and everything else Two, no marketer in their right mind is going in and editing HTML. They get developers to develop tools and content management systems and everything else. Now understanding how systems work is great, but that's a one day theory class. Yeah. Not a, you know, ugh, it drives me crazy. Well, I, I think it's conversations like this, and obviously this is why I'm enjoying this because it's in a public forum, but, you know, 
we have to have these conversations. It, it, one of my favorite things is I ask <clears throat> anybody to listen to me, what is the point of education? I mean, literally. And people either say one of three things <clears throat> to, um, to get kids how to think. Okay. I like mm-hmm. that. To prepare them for the future. There you go. Or yep. to get them to college. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's examine all three. <clears throat> to get them to think. Um, there ain't a whole lot of, I mean, I'm not no, trying to be snarky, no, but the, the, the thinking part is they're reacting. Well, and not only that, you know, you take, um, the glorious political battle that we had, you know, yeah. lately and, and thinking was shut down. Yeah. Right. No, you're not allowed to think that way. You're not allowed to have an alternative right. viewpoint. Oh, diversity you know? of thought is dead. My yeah. friend. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But you know, the whole getting them how to think. Uh, and look, I still think that education has a lot going right for it. I mean, there's some things that I don't want, I, that I didn't want to learn that I still had to learn. So foundational is no. foundational. I don't have a problem with that. But letting uh, students like struggle, um, having them come up with some of their own things, having them uh, inquiry based a little bit. Um, because if you ask a lot of teens, what do you want to do? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. So, um, you're the teacher, teach me. Right, absolutely. So, so number one, how to think. Um, number two was to prepare them for a future. Okay. <laughs> Oops. Well, so people are like, we're in the information age. No, yeah. we're not. Right. Information, okay, we are in the sense that information is free. Yeah. What can you do with what you know? Right. I, I remember like in 1984, and it was almost embarrassing, Brooke Shields was going to Harvard. And she appeared at like the American Music Awards and she was there with Michael Jackson and they had her like come up on stage and they're like, hey, Brooke Shields, you're going, and, I'm, and somebody's going to fact check me, but I'm pretty sure it was Harvard. And they're like, you know, hey, you know, blah, blah, blah at Harvard. And she goes up there and she goes, E equals MC squared. And she smiled really big and everybody applauded for her. I'm, I'm not joking. This has got, I'm, I'm going to find it somewhere on the web. And, and so everybody's like, because that back then, if you said that you knew stuff, Right. Every, and if you had a piece of paper to prove it, right. bro, right. you're set. If you could afford to jump through the freaking hoop, yeah. then you were, you were set. Now, everybody, there's a lot of people that have that piece of paper. Now you write a book. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so now, now you can say anything you want, but if you can't do right. the things, and, and, and this is the thing that I love. There's a lot of 14-year-olds out there that will watch a YouTube tutorial and know it better than me. Yeah. And the thing is, they can go out there and produce it. How many... I, my son will watch video game tutorials. Yeah. And those guys are making pretty good money. Yeah. Because they didn't just sit around and play a game. They're like, you know what? I could get on YouTube. I can start a content. I can have a Patreon. I can have a, you know, a Twitch account. Yeah. And they can own that stuff. Right. So... If I'm if I look at a kid in the face and say I'm preparing you for a future, well, I better have time to start looking at future things. Right. You know whether it's and stop laughing at them. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? It, no. Yeah. I, and, and so if, if if I'm if if I'm making a student memorize things, Ken Jennings made a living out of memorizing things. Yeah. He's Jeopardy's champion. I'm not sure. If you know that. I okay. didn't know that. So okay, he's he won Jeopardy. Or I, or I forgot. There you go. And so other than Ken Jennings, there's not a future in memorizing stuff. So if I'm going to prepare them for a future, let's start looking at things of the future. And then lastly, to get them into college. Okay, fine. If, yeah. that's, what a, if that's what a grade school and a middle school and a high school's teacher's job is to do, then what, the, what then is going on at the university level? Right, right. And when I, and how many kids yeah, but, uh, change their major <clears throat> after their freshman year? When it, it, but isn't part of this problem that, you know, we, we fight and fight and fight for, you know, guaranteed money for education. Yep. And so there's no, there's no risk on the, on the university's part whatsoever. Yeah, They're going to get paid no matter what. Right. And so whether they put a kid out with a basket weaving degree mm-hmm. or whether, you know, they're a math PhD, yep. it doesn't matter. They're still getting paid. Well, no one's ever washed a rental car. Yeah. You know, when, when a student, a lot of times, and, I, and don't get me wrong, I like it. I like scholarships, but there are so many yeah. that there's a lot of things that when you didn't have to pay a dime for it, right. then you treat it like a rental car. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of kids that will go for the college experience, have themselves a great time, um, but don't necessarily leave prepared for what they want to do. Now they had a great time, yeah. but they, they don't, they leave sometimes even more confused than when they started. So 
Um, that that is a catch twenty two. I, I I like it. Then we can have kids that have an unlevel playing field to get them an education, but um, there has to be some skin in the game too for them to want to take it seriously. Right. That is that's a tough one. But there's got to be skin in the game for the universities as well. Oh, and there's my not. God. I right. Yeah. Yeah. There's not. I mean, no. if if I if half my graduates don't have a job for the next five years, it doesn't matter. Right. I still get paid. I still the student loans are guaranteed. The government still pays us. You know, we 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 can still keep building the spas. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm telling right? you. No, dude, I, I've been walking yeah. onto a lot of college campuses, and I'm a, culture, dude. They, well, and no, just Do they ju- talk just about the, the culture? just just the beauty. First yeah, of all, right? Just the amount of money that, and again, I hope that your audience is not just going to be super pissed at me. No, no, I'm, it, I'm not anti-college. No, it's, but there has been some serious be luxury. There has to be a change, yes, though. Yes. You it, know, there, you, we've got a we've got um, you know the the big one right now that everybody's talking about right is artificial intelligence. I was just, yep. in fact, I was just reading an article. Um, Seattle, one of the one of the universities <laughs> up in Seattle took their onboarding program and programmed it uh, with AI basically. And it was that any kid that was enrolling could get on an online chat and ask questions. And they, they took 90%, 90% of the questions were answered satisfactorily through the AI bots. And so, I mean, that just clipped the staff. Yeah. Like the, it just, it just, you know, shot it down to almost nothing that only 10% of the questions had to be answered in person. Well, we're heading for a universe like that. Now, the bad, the people that say that this is terrible, everything's going to be automated. Nobody's going to have jobs. Um, Unless you're the person on the side that's going to be programming. Well, and you think it's pretty freaking awesome. But they missed the other part too. It's like I was, I was talking to a friend and um, the AI is happening with insurance now too. Yeah. That if you can use artificial intelligence to basically analyze everything about you personally, yeah. you can determine risk and everything else. And so you can maximize profits, but you can only maximize profits until your competitors have it too. Yeah. And then prices plummet. And so what people are missing is that if we have robotic farms and we have all of this stuff and manpower isn't a part of it, yes, we lose those jobs. But also, all of a sudden, milk is a penny a jug because yeah. <laughs> because the entire system well, is the entire supply chain is automated. And then we also, I mean, there's a couple of things unpacked there, but I mean, there's also, I had this conversation with John McDonald at Cloud One, is that his optimistic view, you know, I was, I was saying, are we at the nexus of both Minority Report and Wally? <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. And we are. Yes. But he, his contention was, you know, years ago, it took you, it took a, a woman hours to prepare the meal for right. the man. Exactly. And now you can microwave the thing in seconds. What have we done with that time? We've gotten better at things. So a lo- his optimistic view is the more time we have to think, yep. we can come up with better. So all these automation of things, how many things can we come up with on our daily commute when we're not driving? Exactly. And exactly. that's exciting. It is exciting. Now, if you're a truck driver in the short term, you're like, well, this sucks. Yep. Or if you're, a, sorry to say, if you're a fast food employee, those are going well, away faster than anything. It, it, it sucks if you don't take advantage of it, right? So, if, yes. if you're a truck driver with a self-driving truck that drives 90% of the time on its own, what are you doing with those minutes? Right. You know, that's the thing is if you take advantage of those watching YouTube videos, I, learning, see, you know, yes. What was it the guy in the Olympics? I, I love this story. I can't remember whether it was Kenya taught himself how to throw javelin through using YouTube. That's awesome. Did that's you know so, that? That's so cool. We had someone in the Olympics that taught himself how to throw javelin through YouTube. And I mean, that's, in, that's incredible. No, it is. And, and, and I think as kind of what John was saying, his optimistic view, you know, my pessimistic view is we all, we're all Wally. Yeah. We're all traveling in a spaceship because we've, you know, done with earth and then the robots do everything for us. And you know, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that <laughs> kind of scenario. But on the opposite end is, you know, Hey, you know, we don't have coal delivered and milk delivered to us anymore. We've out innovated that. So we, we've, we've, yeah. we've thrived since. I, I feel like that that's been the age old conversation though i think you know in the 1900s if you it has if you read scientific america they were talking about robots taking our jobs and everything and 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 the thing is is like like that there's always some new demand i i I saw a stat yesterday that something like a hundred thousand people a day 
are coming out of poverty in yeah. the world. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. And then you look at, we've gone from 3 billion to 7 billion people on the planet in the last, you know, I don't know, 100 years or whatever. <laughs> like, so the, the, the thing is, is demands are changing and, and things are changing, you know, that are, that are driving need for more efficiency and, and better. And, and, and that's where I think the opportunities are that you said some before though, this is where it is. Creativity. Yeah. That's creative solutions, creative engineering, yeah. creative manufacturing, creative development, creative marketing, right. all of those things. Adding are, the human element is yeah. not going to be replaced by AI. Right. Well, and, and, and it's funny for uh, now, all these, all these really great podcasts and all the, the great things that I like reading, they all have the same story arc, right? Yeah. Follow your passion, um, get deeply embedded in, in that passion, um, take some risks, fail as quickly as you can, adapt, fail, adapt, fail, adapt, succeed. Where is that found in our schools? Yeah, I, I like Mike Rowe's version better though. I love Mike Rowe. And that's, you know, go do something. Yep. And yep. find your passion along the way. As long as as long as our schools then don't get upset or angry that when they did find that thing, and then you know, because he's big on the on the, um, you know, the the trades and stuff yeah. like that. So if if a kid all of a sudden says, okay, I want to get into plumbing, and they absolutely suck at plumbing at first, then don't deter them. Exactly. You know, acknowledge it, hone that skill. I I, I think that. That's the one big thing that we've been talking about these things for years, but now it's it's really, really, really we're moving at a frighteningly fast speed. Yeah. Um, you know, we us educators still talk about twenty first century learning, dude. That was two thousand. Yeah. Like people say, well, we need to have a twenty first century model. Are you freaking kidding me, yeah. bro? What did your cell phone look like in two thousand? Yeah. What did your cell phone look in yeah. 2000? And then be like, well, it's still. So, I, I, you know, I, I, as fast as we're moving, I want. Here's the thing that I just, this keeps me up at night, both in good and bad ways. We have a taxed, funded incubation center if we treat it like that. Yeah. I'm going to brag about my students right now. They are looking at, they love it when people complain. They run to that like a pile yeah. of gold. When everybody else says this sucks, somebody ought to do something about it. They're like, dude, we Let's should get on. We should get it. on that because we'd make good money, or right. because they want to help the world. Um, you know, I, I, when when we think about the fact that we have a building that's paid for by taxes, and, and instead of students competing against one another for a freaking GPA, that they could get together and say, let's let's honestly solve problems. The, the, they get so tired of me saying this, they would probably roll their eyes if they're here. Our mantra is opportunities are everywhere. Yeah. You just have to acknowledge well, what is right there in front of you and not complain about it, but well, go, I'll take it on. Because they haven't been conditioned, right? Yep. So they haven't been conditioned with fear and reprisal and, you know, all the other things. Right. There, I mean, I, there I, is no I, participation trophy. I, most of my friends that are entrepreneurs will tell you that they're unemployable. And they're unemployable because they can't sit at a boardroom yeah. and keep their mouth shut. Right. You know, and so they can't go with the status quo and they can't. Well, there's many people that do and they're fantastic at it and they're making a lot more money than I am. Yep. They're not as happy as I am, but they're yeah. making a lot more money at no, it. I know. And so, so that's the thing is it, uh, that it goes back to what I said at the beginning is I hate when people say, well, not everybody can be an entrepreneur. That is I think that's an absolute lie. Yeah. I think it's that we've had decades of conditioning that have removed that from our DNA or from our education program. And now you're, you know, putting it back, which is essential. I think that's one of the things that I, I can't bring myself to say it when they said, Hey, let's make our, our students, um, employable. Oh. <laughs> It makes me Let's, want to cry. Right. And, and then like, you know, we're, we're going to train we're job force training. Now, again, there's a lot of things that you have to have job force training for you to be the entrepreneur. Of course. But I, I, I don't like to say, I, I don't want to say that they're going to be, that I'm creating a bunch of job fillers. I want them to be job creators. Right. 
Um, and, and I think that we're at a unique place. Now, I've said so many negative things. Here's the positive thing. There's a lot of schools that are starting to open up their minds to this. There's a lot of rock star superintendents, principals, teachers that are starting to see this. They've seen the Dan Pink TED Talk. They read, you know, Tim Ferriss. They, they see some of these guys that are kind of out there. And they're going, maybe this isn't so crazy after all. So it's an exciting time. I just want to get there faster. Well, well, and the system is largely dependent on that turning, right? Because I, I read a thing uh, that literally the number of startups are going down every year, not going up. Yeah, that's frightening. And so, and so the that that entrepreneurism, we have to scream loudly about how great it is. I'm not, I'm not fans of some of some of the people in the we, like. We could have a great debate on Elon Musk, you know, for hours, you know. But but the fact is, is that I'm glad that he's a cheerleader and people do look up to him and do they want to emulate him and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I know that there's always some drawbacks because you talked about some people are unemployable. I like Peter Thiel. Yeah. And then yeah. he's, and then he opens up his mouth. I'm like, dude, don't say that. Yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, but, but no, I, there's I, cheerleaders. we have to make a big deal out yep. of these folks because we do want more and more people. Ironically enough, I was just having this, I, I, I had a, uh, I have a podcast of my own and, and, um, I was interviewing Jeff Hoffman. He was on the co-founders of Priceline and, um, he, one of his partners now for uh, an educational venture is Ray Lewis, who obviously is nice. an NFL great. And it kind of dawned on me and this is funny, the, the new entrepreneur is the rock star athlete yeah because of shark tank because all of a sudden the sexiness that comes associated with being an entrepreneur but the same way though that a lot of rock star athletes are treated you're also not going everybody loves michael jordan how many people hey we're from indiana how many people went out and shot for free throws for three hours like larry bird did exactly answer is none yeah so we might have this idolization so you could have cheerleaders like elon you can have cheerleaders like mark cuban and some of these guys and i, and I love them um but i think that they're also getting the same treatment as lebron and michael and and larry right. is that i love these guys and wish fulfillment you watch them and wish you could be them but you're not really going to put in the hours and, and, and it's so fun to say that I want to be an entrepreneur. But as you know, it sucks. <laughs> yes. It sucks big Dude, time. Well, at times. You're on an island, right? You know, every day you wake up energized and you, you go back, but, but you're still on an island. You know, sometimes you just feel you're alone. Here's, here's why I, I think there's, you know, kind of two things with that is one is, you know, putting in the effort that is required and failing. Yeah. Right? Failing is when you go look at those guys. Find out how long they've been doing it. Find out how many companies they buried first. Yeah. Because they have. Yeah. And and they so they they learn that. The second is I will I will say this and I, I, there was a day in my and it was I'll I'll tell you when it was exact target. So I I had worked for the the newspaper in town, got fired from there, um, trying to drag them into digital, pissing everybody off, you know, and everything else. Not you. <laughs> yeah. And um but I, I still went home kind of feeling like I failed, you know, that I just didn't do it. I just didn't do it. I, how, how can I get these people to, you know, understand where we're heading and everything? And then I went to work uh, for the Colts for a period, and then I went to work for Exact Target. At Exact Target, it was just a special time because it was uh, total autonomy as an employee. You know, I had a job. I could do anything pretty much. Um, I could fly anywhere, help any client. And that's what started happening. So I'm going to United Airlines and I'm going to, you know, hotels.com and I'm helping all these huge, huge companies. And I'm walking into that boardroom, this kid, you know, that got kicked out of high school and yeah. went and joined the Navy and all of this stuff. And I'm looking around the table going, holy crap. Yeah. I know more than these guys do. Mm -hmm. I'm helping these guys. I'm helping these guys flip millions of dollars. And and there's the day that it dawns on you that the entrepreneur isn't smarter. They're it's, ballsier. They're ballsier. They they don't listen to people. Uh, <laughs> how many how many how many kids yeah. listen to their parents? Even I I tell the story and I I've probably told you this before. The day that I started this business, I told my mom on the phone. My dad was he's gone now, but he was sitting behind her, and I told my mom. I said, Well, I did it. I pulled the trigger, started my own business. What the hell are you that for? She said, what are you going to do for healthcare for the kids? Yeah. That was her. So yeah. her instant response was, 
oh my God, safety. you failure. Or, or run and, for safety, run for, and, yeah. And my grandfather, um, he he commented before he passed away, he was like, I just I just hope Doug stops job jumping. You know, I hope yeah. he, I hope he can settle down. And the, and the thing was, yeah. job jumping is what got me where Absolute, I'm at. No. Now my dad, he was like, right on you yeah. know because he worked for people his entire life yeah and saw you know that he felt like he missed something you know i think when a lot of people on their deathbed you know it's the, it's cliche almost yeah it, the, the only the only regrets they had was not having as many regrets that the, they sure. took they took no risks that kind of thing i think it's one of the also the things that i'm trying to get towards and and you know in my neck of the woods in high school and, and i'm working a lot with grade school and, and middle school is take those risks it is a great time to be alive if you're under 21. But think about, uh, I, I want to go back though. Think about those, uh, those, um, think about Ray Lewis. Think about these, these guys. Um, how many years did they go where coach just thought they were a piece of crap right. and had them on the bench? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's the thing is I want people to realize that the potential there's potential. The hard part is finding what that is. You know, that's the hard part. It took 48 years for me to figure out what I'm good at, you know, but, but I always knew the potential was there, you know, people sparked it in me and I felt it and I did a good job sometimes. And so, you know, for people listening, if, if this is inspiring you at all, it's stop listening to people telling you, well, maybe that's not a good idea. Well, maybe that, maybe you shouldn't do that. Hey, yeah. you know, I have my doubts about that. How about this safe way to go? And you have to, st- you have to gut it and go, mm-hmm. you know what? I got this. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Well, and what's the worst that can happen? That's kind of the, you know. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and I'm, I remember reading a really great blog that it said, you know, wanting to be a startup destroyed my life. And they looked back and they wished they had taken their $70,000 salary and, and made it the middle way and, 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 and maybe that's their, their point. And, and, and I respect that. Um, but man, to what end? I, 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 I would, I agree. I would much rather, you know, not to quote my way, but I'd much rather look back on it and go, you know, I did it my way. And, and if it didn't work out, fine, run for that shelter later. Yeah. Uh, of course I'm, I'm, you know, I'm telling this to, to my own kids. I'm 44 years old and I've been taking some weird risks and it's hard cause I have three kids. Yeah. Sure. But, but, uh, you know what though? But it's I'm, a it's lesson to the kids. Absolutely. You just talked about your yes. youngest. Yep. Yep. I, I, I say the same thing with, with Katie, you know, she's interned with us. She's seen me take the business home for now for seven years. Yeah. For seven years. She's seen the ups. She's seen, she's seen the downs and it's already instilled in her. She yeah. can't do it. She cannot, you know, she wants to go work for a large company, get some experience behind her and everything else. But, she has no doubt in her mind that she's not going down the entrepreneurial road now, you know, yeah. and it's because she watched me come to life, you know, yeah. I, I moved from zombie to, <laughs> you know, excited. So yeah, that's plus we got a nice bourbon collection here. So yeah. <laughs> I guess we should wrap it up so we can get to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, where do people find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Um, that's where I'm most, often at Don Wetrick, D-O-N-W-E-T-T-R-I-C-K. Um, I have a little fun project called the Innovation. I'm sorry, to, uh, startedupinnovation.com, where we're starting to provide some innovation solutions to a lot of schools. I'm excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, I've got my own podcast, also called Start Ed Up, where we have conversations like this. We talk to entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders about um, sometimes education, sometimes not, but we always glean some insights that yeah. uh, a lot of students and teachers could uh, take away from. Nice. Yeah. It's always good catching up. Dude, we started with talking about this studio and we'll end with it. This is a nice setup, man. Thanks, bud. Yeah. I so yeah, if it, and I guess lastly, if anybody wants to get a hold of me quickly, it's uh, dwetrick at gmail.com and I get back quick. Awesome. All Have right. a good one, sir. Thank you, sir. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.